Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Not Worth the Time. It's that magical time every two weeks where I come here and I sit in a room and I act like I'm talking to other people. That's what this podcast is. Is me talking to myself, pretending that there's another conversation. There are definitely some negative mental health consequences to me doing this, probably. Who knows? I think it's fine. There's plenty of people who do this on the internet and seem totally normal. I'm sure talking to the camera to people they think are listening is definitely not weighed and uh, tortured their minds in any sort of capacity. It's been totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, but I'm here. Trying to brighten up your day. Hope everybody's having a good Monday so far. Oh, God, sorry. My chair's real squeaky today. Uh, Moving around. I was not comfortable there. Yeah. Got all my baseball gear on. Baseball's going to come back this week. Woo! Woo! Hopefully the Braves, their offseason moves in this shortened schedule might help them achieve greatness once again. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since the Braves got to achieve greatness. Um, so I'm, ho- I'm, ho- I'm hoping for it, man. I am hoping for it. It's going to be good. You know, it's, a- I get more pumped like, uh, for baseball season. Like I always like dress up. I, I like getting, uh, I dress up for opening day. You know what I mean? Like, uh, always, I have a Jersey where sometimes when I go to work, when I used to have to go to work, you wear the Jersey on a casual Friday of the opening week. You're just like, hell yeah, this is how we're starting it off wearing those colors. And then it just slowly those colors slowly fade back into the closet as uh, the season goes on and my team gets out of the race. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Uh, I'm hoping the Braves do well this year, though. So hopefully we have some good time. And in honor of baseball, you know, I love the history of baseball. And, I, and baseball has done a lot of firsts. It's, it, baseball has done many things uh, to help advance our culture. Um, being the fir- one of the first sports to step forward and help out with causes, it's it's, it's a good it's a good thing. I think baseball gets the bad rep of it, um, but you know at the same time we don't highlight how baseball has also created some of the worst things in culture. The first, to be honest, they do so many things that are first that they do some bad things that are first. Like baseball guys was the first to do cancel culture. That's right. They were the first to do it. Everybody talks about now. They're like, it just started. Cancel culture just started. No, man. It started. It started a long time ago with the worst fan base in all of baseball, the Chicago Cubs, and what they did to Steve Bartman. They canceled that guy. Steve Bartman got motherfucking canceled. That dude got sent downtown. He was no longer allowed to be around. He got just absolutely destroyed just because he went up for a foul ball. You know what? I don't think Moises Salu was going to make that catch. <laughs> I don't know. He probably was, actually. That It was a bad deal. He definitely interfered, which sucked um, for the Cubs at that time. But, man, the city of Chicago wanted that man's head. They canceled him. And, every, and you know what? ESPN did him no favors. They straight up just kept showing his face. Just like, here he is. This is the man. He's the one who's dashed all your hopes and dreams. 
Uh, <laughs> and then like just like brought it back. Like uh, the, after they won the World Series, they were like, "Oh, you know what? Now we can make a thirty for thirty about that guy." And even though everybody, all these Cub fans are happy, nobody's nobody's causing problems in the city of Chicago because the Cubs finally won. They lifted the curse. Everybody's uplifted. And ESPN's like, "Hey, remember when you guys used to be pissed?" <laughs> <laughs> they would not let that sit for very long. They were like, hey, remember when you guys destroyed a man's life over the World Series? <laughs> ESPN, the ultimate trolls in sports fandom. But I was uh, actually, like, this is such an interesting thing. Uh, so I like I looked into this because I, yeah, you always hear stories, and I've never actually seen the documentary. Um, but it's fascinating how Steve Bartman is, like, the man. Uh, uh, he... Handled all of this with such, like, poise. Like, so I'm on a Wikipedia page right now, right? He handled this, like, so professionally. Like, right here. After the incident, uh, Bartman's Lisa's statement saying he was truly sorry. added, I had my eyes glued on the approaching ball the entire time, and I was so caught up in the moment that I didn't even see Moises Alou, much less that he may have a play. Right, so like that all happened, and this is this just shows you that like there's just shitty sports fans on every team. I know I was just shitting on the Cubs there. Um, they 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 have great fans. I have good friends who are Cubs fans, and but like I like to just poke fun at the Cubs a lot. And, but this is how shitty some fans are. Uh, so like after that whole thing happened, uh, Bartman did like he tried to keep a low profile. This is how badass he was he was like i'm just i'm not gonna lean he could have leaned into it and been like yeah man i'm the sabotager i got he just he stayed away from it and that's one reason why he's probably still like this uh he's like a mythical creature bartman's turned into bigfoot of baseball guys bartman is now literally the bigfoot of baseball because everybody wants to talk to him about that every he's like part of this super crazy iconic turning point in a series in baseball history and he's just like nah not me, bro. I'm going to slink off in the woods. You saw me. Bartman missing that ball and interfering with that was just the, the Sapruder film. No, that's with JFK. But either way, it's that one film with Bigfoot, like right? Like you caught a glimpse of him. Like, oh, my God, what was that? And then you never heard from him again. We haven't been able to find him. We've been searching in the woods, but we cannot get him. We know where Steve Bartman is, but he will not talk to us. He's elusive. Even Bigfoot's like, God damn, that guy. That guy's a fucking stays on his game. He knows how to stay out of the spotlight. Um, but like, so he maintained a low profile. Bartman declined interviews, endorsement deals, and required pu and requested public appearances. And his family changed their phone number to avoid harassing phone calls. He requested that any gifts sent to him by Florida Marlins fans be donated to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. What a fucking stand-up guy! First of all. What Florida Marlin fans, what fucking assholes that they're just sending Steve Bartman gifts like, hey, man, we appreciate what you did out there. We we love it, man. We're so happy that you decided to just fuck up Moises Alou. You finally, you turned, just a turncoat right there. You went Benedict Arnold on, the, on those Cubs, and you helped out the Marlins. It, it was a fight between land and sea creatures, and for once the fish, the mighty swordfish, took out the bear. <laughs> I want to see a bear in a stream. That's what we need to do. Bear versus marlin, like a real marlin. You know, real bear and a real marlin just going at it and just fucking stabbing a bear. Yeah, there we go. Crazy fights. 
That's what we're in. We need Spike TV back so we can make those kind of weird TV shows again. Woo! Anyway, but what a badass, right? So all these Florida fans are trolling him, sending him gifts like, thanks, man, here's a here's our uh, T-shirt for the board Marlins, now you're a fan. And he's like, nah, man. And he's just sending it to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Like, that's awesome. So, like, some kids, like, who's probably a Marlins fan now uh, can thank Bartman. You can thank Steve Bartman because you became a Florida Marlins fan because you had diabetes and you were like, man, this sucks. And they were like, but we got you some cool Florida Marlins gear. They probably even sent him season tickets. So they just used those season tickets and took a kids to the Florida Marlins games, you know, and they took him to an actual baseball stadium, not that gaudy thing they have in Miami now. <laughs> And then it says, uh, goes on to say here, in July 2008, uh, Steve Barton was offered $25,000 to autograph a picture of him at the National Sports Collection Convention in Rosemont. I can't believe he even went to that. That's how much this dude loves sports, by the way. He knows. He's going to go to this sports collector thing because he loves sports. He wants to get some Cubs memorabilia. He still supports the team. He wants to see what's going on, right? And so he just he goes to this thing, and some dude offers him twenty five thousand dollars, and he turns it down because he's like, "Nah, man, I'm not I'm not leaning into that. I'm my own man. I'm not that incident. I'm not that incident." He declined up to appear as a VIP at Wrigley uh, in 2011, eight years after the incident. He declined to appear in ESPN's documentary, and he declined a six figure offer to appear in a Super Bowl commercial. Do you realize how? like principled Steve Bartman is like he's turned down at this point it it's six figures so we'll just say the lowest thing right so he's at least turned down a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars just to do a couple really easy things because he fucked up Moises Alou's play in the outfield that's a that's an insane thing nobody gives Steve Bartman credit for that I like that's that's fucking amazing to me, like I don't, I don't know anybody in my life who is principled enough. I feel like to actually turn down a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to just what appear in a super work for a day on a Super Bowl commercial to, to just barely sign your name that you've signed on countless other documents that you barely read. Uh, you've you've signed so many things and you don't even know what they are, and to tell like. I guess he really doesn't need to talk about it. I mean, what does he have to talk about? He's made his statement. That's what's cool about it. I mean, I guess, like, why would he want to relive it in the documentary when he's already said, like, hey, I feel awful about it, and it sucks, and I kind of feel like I cost the team. It'd be sweet if he just, like, went on and he's like, yeah, I know. I fucked up that play, and they should have done it. But you know what? How come the pitcher in that next inning didn't fucking uh, go anything? The bat, it, the continuing his bat, Carlos uh, he walked. How come the pitcher was throwing so many goddamn balls? And then on four balls was a on the fourth ball was a wild pitch. Uh, and then that allowed, yeah. And then there was a double. Like the pitcher started fucking up. So how's that his fault? That's not his fault. Steve Bartman, like he, that'd be so fucking awesome if he just would have win. You know, yeah. Fuck you, man. Like I'm totally fine with this. I like you guys just didn't play the rest of the game. You just found me, blamed it on me, and threw away, and then blamed it on the curse. You could have sacked up and won. If they win that game, do you think Steve Bartman ever gets talked about? Probably not. Never gets offered that hundred and twenty-five thousand to do those two things. Never. Many fans associate the incident with the curse of the billy goat. Yeah, we know that. Ba 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 ba. We don't know. Everybody knows the billy goat. Um, 
Oh, and then somebody started him a, in 2015 a GoFundMe to send him uh, to the 2015 National League wildcard game, which he declined. And this is where he does another badass thing. So when the ca- campaign was more than halfway finished, Bartman declined the offer. The funds went to the Alzheimer's Association instead. Now, I'm assuming Steve Bartman probably had some kind of like leeway with that when he talked to this other Cubs fan. He was like, just fucking donate it somewhere, man. Like, yeah, I don't need to go to a baseball game, okay? We don't need to. He does not. I wonder if he's been to a Cubs game since. It's got to be, like, crazy. Like, y- you can't. He still lives in Chicago, too. Like, that's the other balls. Like, Steve Barman didn't run away. He could have just, like, dipped out, gone to Arizona or something. That seems like the classic place, like, to go. Like, in any movie, you always get relocated in the witness protection program to Arizona or New Mexico. It's one of those two. You always get sent to a desert because you just hope your criminals are just— Apparently, criminals hate hot. They just hate the sun too, it's too hot, 110 degrees with no humidity is just not up a criminal's alley. So you always send them to New Mexico or Arizona. That's where you go. You go and hang out there. You know, maybe you become one of those camper people, you know, where you just buy a camper and you kind of commute back and forth. You know, that's a great thing to have right now in this pandemic. Could you imagine being like a camper person in those things? You just live in, like, two different states each year. Like, like, they drive back and forth between, like, the winter they go down to Arizona and then they go somewhere else. I don't know what, the like, the, the main place is when you do that. Uh, typically, I know, like, you go to Arizona in the winter and then you go, like, I think people, a lot of people from Iowa, I think, go back to Iowa during the summers and stuff like that. Or you go hit up, like, national parks and stuff. If you're doing that now and you live on, like, one of those little places, are they cleaning the showers and stuff, like, are they maintaining? Are those even open during this pandemic? I don't know, man. There's questions that need to be answered. I need people who are who are camper people. Tell me, how's the pandemic going for you? You're great. You're in a great situation. You can outrun it. You can literally, if the numbers start spiking in your community, bail. You can bail. You live in a house. You can't bail on your community. It's stuck there. And nobody's going to buy your house. I wonder, like, if you've seen that, like, if property values are just up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Like, you're just like, oh, look, the, all the cases. Or nobody has cases here, so the, the the property value is fine. No dip there. And then all of a sudden, there's just an outbreak around your house, and it's just decline, decline. You can't even sell your house. You're trying to get out. You might as well just go get the virus and stick it out now, man. Who knows? Weird investments. Uh, during the 2016 Cubs season, Bartman received uh, – Renewed media attention as the Cubs proceeded through the playoffs in mid-October. Uh, the time at that time, Cubs were playing the 2016. Yeah, like, eh, whatever. Yeah, what? the World Series went without Bartman making any public appearances. This is in 2016 when they won it, and the Cubs won the World Series for the first time since 1908, uh, ending the so-called curse of the Billy Goat. After the World Series win, Martha said Bartman was just overjoyed that the Cubs won. An, an, as were all Cubs fans. Whether Further, when the call was made, Bartman was to be a part of the victory parade or other similar ideas. One thing that Steve and I did talk about was if the Cubs were to win, he would not be a distraction to the accomplishment of the players in the organization. Dude, Steve Bartman is the fucking man. Like, he just, he's like, nah, I didn't do anything. I Like, like these guys won. They ended the curse. They ended it, man. 
He's like, I don't, I don't deserve anything. I think I remember hearing offers too, like they offered him a ring. They offered him the World Series ring. It's going to say Bartman on it, right? They put 08 on it <laughs> because that's when he fucked it up. It, you know, it's just like, you, you can't, it, like, he's just a stand-up guy. Good for that dude. Like, he, he just, he did it, man. Like, whoa, I, I didn't, I just glanced over this part. After winning the pennant, many Cubs fans petitioned for the team to allow Steve Bartman to throw out a first pitch during the 2016 World Series. Whoa. Dude, that would have been so boss. He just walks out like, hey, hey. He just puts one in the fucking dirt like the one pitch. He's like, that's why he lost that game. You throw a wild pitch like I just did, you piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, guys. I keep looking at this Wikipedia article and keeps going. In. The Cubs were first place. Okay. Wait, there's some fans further believe that they have been jinxed when comedian Bernie Mac sang "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" during the seventh inning stretch, primarily referencing the Cubs as champs. On Fox, uh, coming off of the commercial break after the Marlins had a tied game. Oh man, Bernie Mac was just out there. We the champs. They're, they're winning. We're good. We're good. Cubs are good. <laughs> so they, man, there's so many people they blame besides the pitcher that game. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Well, you know what? It's at least Steve Bartman. I think he's doing all right. He's he's having a good time. He's living life. His Cubs won a World Series. He's got to see his team win. Not many people get to see that. Go t- a lifetime without that. So many fans win a lifetime without seeing that. He got to see it, and he technically helped donate a lot of money. It sounds like to a lot of good organizations and helped out some good causes because people were trying to troll him. And that's how you handle trolls, people. You just use their uh, their meanness and turn it into kindness. You just got to digest it and vomit back out kindness. That's what you got to do. Eat it, jet kindness. Yeah, but Steve Bartman, he's the man, and that's what we need to take away from this. Now, Guys, it's time to get into the other fun stuff I've thought about. That was like, I just actually just typed in that Wikipedia article and found that. Um, I didn't know a lot of that stuff, but I found the other cool stuff that we that I look for this week, right? You know? And uh, I found out something crazy, guys. Uh, guess what? You think your phone was the first device they've been bugging your house with, right? You know? And you're just like, I'll turn it off. I'll put it in the drawer. I'll put it away. And then, uh, you know, I'll just stay away from some of my other technologies. I'll take, stay away from my TV, all those things that are listening to me, and I can have private conversations. No worries, right? Wrong. Well, it turns out, how, listen, I found this article where it says, how can you use light bulbs to eavesdrops on people's conversations? That's motherfucking right. They've been recording all of our conversations on the fucking light bulbs, guys. The light bulbs are keeping track of all of us. Yeah, that's why when you throw your light bulbs away, that's why they came up with the recycling, actually, I found out, guys. It turns out, if you recycle your light bulbs, right, and you throw them in there, that was why recycling was created. So you throw your light bulbs in there. It's a separate container. They can easily go through. It's not as dirty. There's not gunk in there. So they can pull out all these light bulbs, and they've sorted them. It's kind of look like it's like the CIA has an entire room that looks like that room with the prophecies in Harry Potter. There's just a ton of balls of, of just different conversations, and they're labeled everywhere. They know everything. They know 
They know everything, man. They know they have that whole drug conversation recorded that you had with your parents when you were a teenager. They know all about it, man. That's how they get this dirt on you. <laughs> they don't even. <laughs> that'd be so wild. They just like, hey, uh, I'd like you to listen to this, and they just pull up a light bulb. <laughs> What's that? It's a light bulb, and it has one of the most horrific conversations we've ever heard ever. You want to be president? Listen to this. Because we own you. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. The... Sorry. I, I missed one of the missed one of the turns, you know. So now it's not going to be cool. I'm, I'm just going to. Okay. Listen to this. He just comes through. Why would we care about them? <laughs> it's just like some horrific conversation. Uh, you can picture what so you would think a horrible politician's conversation would be. Anyway, but you can actually do this. This is the thing. So I'll read the cliff notes real quick. I read through most of this. Um, uh, so at Ben Garvin University in Naviv, I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. I'm, it's in Israel, I believe. Research has discovered it's possible to record full conversations or sounds with just uh, by observing a light bulb. You can see the vibrations created when the sound hits the surface of the light bulb you know, by l looking at slight fluctuations in the light bulbs, in the bulb's light. Uh, they call the attack a lamp phone. A lamp phone, guys. So you, your lamps are all just listening to you guys. doesn't matter that you don't have the clapper on. Yeah, you, you thought the clapper was definitely listening to you. That's why you never installed one because you were like, the clapper is what's definitely recording my situations going on in my bedroom. So I can't get the clapper, even though it would be super convenient because I often forget to turn off the light when I go to bed. I always crawl into bed. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then I look up, ceiling light's on. It's like, God Damn it, man. Then you got to get up, come back, and you never find that comfy spot again. Never find it. You just you try so hard. And you toss and you turn, but it's gone. It's gone. You can't do anything about it, right? But, uh, no, it's been your lamp this whole time, guys. That light bulb you have in there, just recording it all, man. Just fluctuations. All right, so let's get into specifics. It says, uh, yeah, in Israel. it was. It's a university in Israel. Uh, it is it's possible to record full conversations for vibrating patterns on light bulbs, right? Now, this isn't, like, and some of you probably th maybe think this is, like, a little far-fetched. It's like, what? They could do that? I th they have, like, technology and know that they can definitely record things off of just, like, the vibrations off of glass. And they've, like, uh, I've seen things on the History Channel, Discovery Channel, where they found, like, ancient pots, right? So they're, like... Uh, they're like clay pots, and somehow, like, however they did it, they used to use, like, a stick to kind of go around the side of it and create lines, and they figured out, like, if you use this, like, laser kind of thing, you can actually hear what was going on around that pot at the time it was having those lines put in it. It's like a record, so, like, basically, you just use this laser, and it plays whatever sound is there because it's somehow trapping it. So to say, like, in a light bulb's recording situations or, or sound doesn't sound that far-fetched to me. <laughs> See what it did there? Anyway, we have shown how fluctuations in the air pressure on the surface of the hanging bulb in response to the sound, which causes the light bulb vibrate, vibrate very slightly, milladegree vibration, uh, can, can be exploited by eavesdroppers to record speech uh, in singing, uh, 
passive, external, and in real time, the researchers write in a new paper, which they plan to present later this year at the Black Hat USA Security Conference. Okay, what is that? I have to, like, when you call something the Black Hat Security Conference, we will find out what that is, guys. Black Hat Security Conference, Cybersecurity Conference. Check it out. Let me know. Oh, there's a Wikipedia article. I want to. I, I like going to Wikipedia first. I don't know why. Just because I don't know. Let's stand up. Uh, the Black Hat Briefing, briefings, is a computer security uh, security conference that provides security counseling training and briefing to hackers, corporations, government agencies around the world. Black Hat brings together. Um, I keep saying black hat, and I keep thinking um, it's black hat. It's like it's black cat fireworks. Also, as part of the, the cybersecurity, yeah, we make shit blow up, and we know how to hack computers. Black cat. <laughs> you want to get in a computer, stick a firecracker in it, and light that son of a bitch up. You're gonna get into that computer, no problem. <laughs> That's their form of hacking. You want to make sure your computer data is safe? Always make sure there's an M80 stuck inside your computer. That way if the feds come busting in, you light that wick, bam! There is no server, no hard drive that survives an M80. <laughs> Black Cat security. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the Black Hat uh, security, okay. Black Hat brings together a very variety of people interested in information security ringing from non-tech, technical individuals, experts, hackers, and industry leading. Okay, okay, what is this? Okay, this is founded in 1997. Okay, well, now it's not that cool. Uh, who also founded DEF CON. That's who, Jeff Moss founded DEF CON. What's DEF CON? Uh, is one of the world's largest, most notable hacking conferences held uh, annually in Las Vegas, Nevada. The first DEF CON took place in 1983. Many attendees at DEF CON include computers. Okay, hmm, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I'm discovering a whole new world. That's what we do on this podcast, guys. We find a whole different fucking world to crawl into. This is nuts. Okay. Uh, culture. Black hat typically is... This okay. I want it. Okay. All right. Well, I was hoping there was like, some secret society shit, but of course there wasn't, but that's okay. Uh, look up the black hat, guys. I'm going to check that out more after this. Maybe I'll try to do a whole other podcast on that. Uh, they call the new attack method a lamp phone. Uh, it comes in some same minds behind the Tesla autopilot hack um, from earlier this year, the Tesla autopilot hack, uh, which proves simple projectors can fool the computer system's vision into slowing down or speeding up for fake pedestrians and speedy limit signs whoa so you can fuck with the tesla's autopilot just by having a hot you do you could fuck up a like that car is what what's a tesla cost like a hundred grand or something like that you know, uh, it costs a Steve Bartman autograph. So <laughs> for a Steve Bartman autograph, you, <laughs> you can fuck up a Steve Bartman autograph by just buying a $50 projector and putting putting that out in the street and make them speed, like the car speed up. That's crazy. That's uh, scary. It makes me not want to buy a Tesla. If a fucking projector... <laughs> 
Imagine you're playing, like, you just buy this cool projector. You're like, guys, check it out. I'm going to buy this cool projector, and I bought this inflatable screen to put on my lawn, and we're going to go play Need for Speed Underground outside, you know, where it has the street lights and stuff. And then, like, your neighbor comes by in his fancy new Tesla, and you're playing Need for Speed, and there's, like, a speed limit sign that says, like, 70 because you're racing on the highway. And you're just in a neighborhood, and the fucking Tesla just, Wah! and j all because you just wanted to play Need for Speed on your lawn. That's all, and now your neighbor is going to – can your neighbor sue you for that? Do you sue Tesla? How do you who, – who's responsible there? I don't know. I feel like your neighbor is. You shouldn't be an autopilot in a fucking neighborhood, man. I don't know. But this is all hypothetical situation. None of it's real. Uh, you can get our hands on anything you need to pull off a lamp phone feet, including a laptop, telescope, microphone. Um, why do you still need a microphone? If if it's recorded on the uh, on the light bulb, it's recorded on the light bulb. That's what I was promised. I probably didn't, and probably not record on the light. I thought you could unscrew a light bulb when you get it. That's why you want to make sure you never replace a light bulb before it totally burns out, though, guys. Make sure it's always burnt out, always burnt out before you throw it away, because you want to make sure they don't that evidence is destroyed. I guess this is why mob bosses always meet by candlelight, right? Every mob movie, they always have all the uh, lights turned off. And this is probably why, so you can't see it. So it's just the flame. You can't can't, can't get sound waves off a of flame, bruh. The fire is always with you. Fire fire holding it down, making sure we criminals don't get caught. What's up, fire? Um, not only does it destroy the evidence, it keeps the mouth shut. Fire doesn't go squealing to the pigs. Nah, fire makes sure that you are safe. <laughs> Oh man, the remote uh, remote electronic uh, electro optimate sensor. Okay, I couldn't say it. optical sensor, which converts light into electronic signals. Okay, for under a thousand dollars. So guys, we can get oh, we'll all get spying equipment for under a thousand dollars for the price underneath. That's less than a PC gaming rig, guys. You could be spy on everybody. You can know what's going down in every room in your house. Okay. The research says right now it's possible to protegate, propagate the attack uh, from over 80 feet away. That's a pretty decent distance. I mean, what's that's 20 feet farther from, so first base to, yeah, first base is 60 feet, right? Oh, no, I'm thinking, sorry. Pitcher's mound is 60 feet, 6 inches. So from a pitcher to a catcher. Uh, it's 60 feet, 6 inches, and so you got, you add, you know, a few more, you add 20 more feet to that, and that's how far. That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay. Uh, but you're in a, but with improved audio equipment and better telescope, you can work further distances. Damn. Maybe you can do a whole football field, guys. You imagine being a whole football field away, just getting intel from a light get info from a light light travels faster than sound guys so maybe this is what you're getting you're, it turns out the lights actually predicting what you're gonna say you're, <laughs> the lights telling the, the feds before you what you're saying <laughs> they're gonna rob the bank that's what this light bulb all light bulbs sound like 1920s uh dick tracy yeah, see, they're gonna they're robbing a bank. See, this guy's talking about how he cuckolds his wife. See, mm, yes, that's right, he cuckolds her. That's right, he has a man come in, fuck him in the ass while his wife masturbates in the corner. He's a crazy person. Can you believe this? This politician's going down. That's a new thing. Nobody does that. 
<laughs> I'm wild, Dick Tracy. We would never let that happen back in the 1920s. Shit's weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> to test the device, the researchers set up shop at a pedestrian bridge about 25 meters from a third-floor office inside a commercial building. Inside their target was a simple 12-watt LED light bulb. Okay. Uh, their goal was to recover speech and music from the room without entering or being able to hear the sound from the setup. Uh they used three different telescopes, a variety of lenses, okay, and they mounted the electro-optic sensor in each of the telescope's lenses. Okay, so you have to have that in the lens. Okay, got it. One, uh, one at a time. Uh, oh, through an uh, analog-to-digital converter, the researchers obtained information about the vibration in the light bulb uh, then proceeded it through a custom algorithm. The research was then used to set up a recording in minutes, uh, a recorded a minute change in the light bulb um, vibration in response to the form the conversation song played aloud. Uh, that aligned with the small changes in the light bulb's brightness at the same time. Uh, to make the sense of the digital information, the team cleaned up the optic optical and acoustic measures and and proceed process them to create an equalizer okay from there the scientists could recover fuzzy versions of Donald Trump's speech <laughs> they just went to they just I like how they had to play a Donald Trump speech this is how they were testing it. they played a Donald Trump speech they're like this is what we're going to use this for <laughs> we're just going to make sure we hear him they're just going to go right to the white house and start fucking he's going to get all the light bulbs out i don't want any of them in my house Never want. I never look good in this fake lighting anyway. Natural light from here on out. They can't get. The sun's not gonna rat me out. The sun is just a big ball of fire. Fire's never ratted out a criminal. I'm not a criminal though. <laughs> He's met in some fucking dark rooms with mob bosses for sure. Uh, which Google speech to text API could translate. Uh, let it be, let it be. Uh, by the Beatles. Uh, which is. Uh, Shazam auto recognized. Both in both cases, the audio sounds distorted as if underwater. <laughs> Just underwater. Okay. Uh, but the content is certainly discriminable, dude. That's so wild. Yeah, keep your blind. Yeah, and then it says better, better, better yet, keep your blinds. Oh, okay. What's it say? So, uh, so there are no. Observation changes to the light bulb that go along with the acoustic vibration uh, and remove the light bulbs. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, easy. Quite easy. So you have to turn off your light. This is how you protect against this, guys. You got to turn off your lights and or just remove all the light bulbs or just close your blinds. Uh, that's what you should be doing. Just close your blinds. Nobody is allowed to have blinds anymore, guys. And that's that's good. Um, you can keep your secret safe. But you know what secret you should definitely tell everybody about? Punninggame.com, guys. That's right. Punninggame.com, where you have the great shows like this 
every other Monday, not worth the time comes out. You have Who Gives That Podcast. You have the new The Empty Parlor Podcast hosted by Matt and Jeff. That comes out on Tuesdays, guys. Check that out. You have uh, Matt Hates Horror Games. That's just got added to the channel. we got so much new stuff coming out. It's great. We've got content coming out each day of the week, guys. Um, we're finally getting some more podcasts on there, which is great. And then we also have merch, guys. You know it. You love it. You want to get a t-shirt supporting any of the shows on the, sh- the site. You want to go to the Pun and Game Shop where you can find all that good stuff, right? And don't forget to use promo code N-W-T-P-O-D. That's N-W-T-P-O-D for free shipping at checkout. So check all that out. Um, I don't have any upcoming shows, guys. I have... There, people are not booking shows. It sucks, but I'm still working on jokes. I'm trying new ones. I'm I'm trying, guys. I'm doing some new jokes, and so hopefully next time you see me, I'll have a bunch of new jokes that you can see and be like, "Damn, he's actually been working on stuff." Who knows though? But I thank you guys for listening, and remember, don't buy light bulbs. <laughs>